how did you get into this business? Hmm. Well, I did my, I was uh, in sixth grade. I did a presentation when I was 13 years old of what I want to be when I grow up. And it was a public insurance adjuster. <laughs> Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community conversation and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Jeff Sable of Sable Public Adjusters. He is a public adjuster. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Jeff, let's get right down to it. What is a public adjuster and what do they do? It's a great question and people always ask that. What is a public adjuster? They never know. Uh, they have an insurance claim in their house or their business at one of their properties and they report to the claim the insurance company and the entire time they're thinking, well, I have insurance, the insurance, I pay my premiums and the insurance company is going to send out an adjuster that represents the, uh, their interests. Well, they're completely wrong. Uh, and a lot of the times people start asking around saying, oh, I had a claim and I'm having troubles with my insurance company. And then they say, oh, you need to hire a public adjuster. They start, what is a public adjuster? I've never heard of such a thing. And that's when they start Googling. And then we get a lot of calls that way. And a public adjuster is someone that when you have a property damage claim, whether it's from fire, water, wind from a tree on, a, on your property, we represent you to guide you through that process. You've never been through it before. You think the insurance company is looking out for their, your interests, but ultimately they're not. They're looking at their bottom line. So our job is to take the burden of proof off of you, put it onto us, and submit, present, and negotiate your claim on your behalf to get you the most amount of money from the insurance company. So I call my local agent and I say, we just had a terrible storm, a tree fell in our bedroom, ruining a tremendous amount of our property and goods. Will you come and pay us back? That is not the most optimal way to be reimbursed. Absolutely not. If you have a small claim, uh, you had some, you know, a, a water let go or something small, let's say under $25,000, it's most of the time you could resolve that with the insurance company. Now, do we get involved with a lot of the $25,000 or less after the fact? Because sometimes still there are those insurance companies that are going to dig in and not pay uh, for items that you should be getting paid to her. Um, so yeah, it's the always the way to go is make sure you have representation. As you know, you're a lawyer, you know, you don't walk into a courtroom without an attorney. It kind of, you know, sure, you could do your taxes by yourself, but you hire an accountant, a little bit of money that's going to know the ins and outs of the tax laws. That's going to get you more on your tax return. And it's, a, it's that school of thought with your insurance claim. So how do people find out that folks like yourself exist? How, where, who are you being referred by most often? You know, lately, and it, it sounds funny, is, is Facebook. Um, when people have fires now in their houses, it's devastating. And now everything's instant, even from the fire departments when they're on scene, they're posting to the town page, you know, active fire scene at this address. 
And then everyone starts sharing it on Facebook. And then GoFundMe pages get set up on Facebook. And then people start commenting, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, you need help call this public adjuster, call stable adjusters. Uh, we've had them before. And in the last month, we've probably gotten three fires, substantial fires as a result of Facebook, which comes from word of mouth, past clients that have been in that situation before, not knowing what to do. And we get involved and guide them through one of the most devastating times of their lives where they've just lost everything that they have and it's their biggest investment. Well, so tell me how that works. So you get that phone call of the distressed homeowner who has virtually lost everything. What do you do next? Um, I'll give you an example that did just happen in the last 48 hours. Uh, Sunday night, there was a fire that comes over the services that we subscribe to in a certain town. And we go to that fire as a, it's an active fire scene. And we try and find the owner and give them um, some information about the services that we can provide for them. Um, many times they hire us that night. In this situation, it was they were absorbing everything, taking it all in. Uh, the next morning, went back, had engaged more conversation with them because the dust was settling and they don't know where they could go to live. What does the insurance company pay for? What are they entitled to? Uh, and then again, the Facebook starts happening they're getting all these calls about what to do, hire a public adjuster, hire a public adjuster. And a few hours later, it got the call as we've been referred to you five times today, whether it's Facebook or a friend stopping by, we need your help. And at that point, they engage in our services by um, signing a letter of representation. We immediately notify the insurance company and report the claim on their behalf. Because sometimes when you report your claim, what you're telling that person on the other line is actually really critical in terms of who gets assigned to it on the insurance company side. So we really explain so they understand on the other side how substantial this claim is and the priority of the claim to get it up that ladder to the right person. Um, so we start right there with the insurance company. We start looking for them to engage in terms of finding a temporary place to live whether it's a mobile home being brought on site. So we'll bring a mobile home company down immediately that specialize in this. Is it getting them set up in a hotel? Um, you know, first and foremost, it's always getting your family back into a, a, a roof over their head. And that could be a hotel, a friend's house, wherever it is in the beginning until we can figure out how long they're going to be out of their residence. And then in that respect, they can go into a, a, a more permanent short-term per se uh, place why their home is being rebuilt. So you jump into action, you notify the insurance company, you, I would imagine you review the policy, what types of coverages that they have, because right out of the gate, these would be out of pocket for somebody, right? Correct. And we sit down and review the coverages immediately in a homeowner's claim. You have coverage A, which is your building. Coverage B is your other structures, which may be if you have a shed on the property. Coverage C is your contents, which is your personal belongings. If you took the house and flipped it upside down, anything that falls is typically considered coverage C. And then coverage D is your loss of use, your living uh, coverages. So those are the main coverages that come into uh, play. And we review them. And sometimes we have to be the bearer of bad news that you, you know what, you don't have code coverage. You, you don't have replacement cost coverage on your policy. And 
most people don't look at their policy until they have a claim. They, they have an agent and the agent puts the policy in place. They, they pay the premium. They have no idea what they're paying for. And then they have a claim. And the next thing you know, no, I'm covered. I pay my premiums. And then you start looking through the policy and you're like, I know I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're not covered. Whether you don't have backup of sewer drains. So if a, a sewer backup in your house, if you don't get that special coverage, it's not covered. Um, law and ordinance covering, bringing your building up to today's current codes. Again, sometimes people have it, sometimes people don't. Um, there's a, and then there's a lot of exclusions now in policies that people don't understand. Some of the carriers now are excluding hidden water. So you have a pipe that lets go behind a wall and you didn't know about it. You open it up and the next thing you know, it's been leaking over a period of time. Well, there's two carriers that will say, you know what? It was hidden. You didn't, you didn't know about it within seven days. So we're excluding the damages. And you say, wait a minute. No, I'm covered for water. But you are, you're not in that situation. So I, we look at a lot of policies and hopefully, you know, your agent understands. But I don't sell policies. Um, I, don't under, I don't know how that happens when they sell the policy. And just like an agent doesn't really a lot of the times understand what happens during a claim. And, but it all comes to light when you have a claim. So you get that phone call, you contact the insurance company, you basically become the quarterback of the claim, right? That's exactly a quarterback, general contractor. We're going to take that and we're going to play offense. You know, I use the analogy of when the public adjuster involved, you're playing offense. When you don't have a public adjuster involved, you're playing defense because the insurance company is always coming at you for information where we do the opposite. We're, we're giving them all the information that they need. So you step in the consumer's shoes, you do all of the communicating, you take the consumer out of the equation almost completely. Correct. And the consumer still has full control in terms of what they accept on their settlement. Uh, a lot of the misconception is, oh, once you hire a public adjuster, you're out of it. That's not the case. At the end of the day, it's your, you're the named insured on the policy. You ultimately have the final say. We're going to take you as far as we could take you in terms of where we feel the settlement should be. And then at that point, we make our recommendations and sustain. This is the settlement. Here's the best we're going to be able to do for you. Here's why. And at the end of the day, they're the ones who ultimately approve it. That's interesting. So what happens right out of the gate? You know, um, so you coordinate with the consumer, you coordinate with the insurance, but there's costs associated right out of the gate. Is the insurance company just uh, distributing checks right away? So when you have a large loss and you have a mitigation company that, that gets involved, they um, understand that they're not getting paid for an extended period amount of time. It's the only industry in the you know out there where you go in and do a mitigation company does hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work and they don't get paid for, you know, 120 days after the fact. So everyone that we bring in that's involved in the claim understands the insurance process and, and how it works and the timeline it takes to get paid. Uh, initially, when you have a large claim, the insurance company does issue advances. So they'll do due diligence, making sure a cause and origin comes in, finds out what the problem was and what caused the claim. And then once that scene is cleared, the insurance company does issue advanced funds 
uh, right away to get you up and running or up and going again, whether it's to buy clothing, uh, if you lost everything. But just keep in mind that initial check does come off the end of the settlement, where if you agree it's $100,000 and they've given you 20 up, you know, six months ago, you're only owed 80. Got it. Got it. So then you, as the public adjuster, coordinate everybody. You're coordinating all of the subcontractors, all of the mitigation folks. You're you're signing those folks up to do the work. Absolutely. We'll make recommendations and, and, and we stay from the beginning. You're entitled to use whoever you'd like. This are the people or the teams and companies that we work with all the time. And if you stick with our plan, it's going to go very smoothly. And that's you know, over the years working with these companies on so many claims from small claims to multi-million dollar claims. So the big question is, is how do you get compensated? So we get paid, uh, it's a contingency. Uh, we get paid a fee based on the overall settlement. Typically the average is 10% of what we collect for you. And then as the claim gets larger, then that fee does become negotiable. Got it. And but that's- we don't until you get paid. And that's a very fair compensation based on some of the public adjuster settlements that I've seen versus what the what the agencies have been offering to people. What about um what about workforce labor and um and construction costs right now? I mean, we're talking about May 2021 where lumber is three times more expensive than it was a year ago. Has that had an effect on your business? Huge, dramatic, dramatic effect in the business. Uh, we recently, there was a fire in an 18-unit apartment building in New Hampshire, and we wrote the initial estimate in March, and our claim was coming in around $4 million at the time, and we revised it based on the subcontractor bids and what we were seeing with the increased cost of material um, as of last week, our estimate went up to $5.4 million. So, you know, 30% more based on what it was at the time of the loss. And, you know, we just did a um, continuing education uh, last week with some of the insurance companies to discuss this because it's had no fault of the, the insured. It, it is. This is what the market is dictating. And the reasonable, I'd say more, more reasonable insurance companies they understand it they understand that the costs are going up they understand that it's taking time to get more material which is delaying the construction which is delaying uh getting you know the, the buildings repaired so in this right now everyone is you know playing nice in the sandbox and is understanding of it we'll see when push cups to shove uh, as as this continues how did you get into this business well, I did my, I was uh, in the sixth grade. I did a presentation when I was 13 years old of what I want to be when I grow up. And it was a public insurance adjuster. It was really, really odd. Uh, my grandfather was a public adjuster in New Jersey. And my father was a, and still is, is a public adjuster in Connecticut. And I used to, when I was little, it was a different time back then where my dad would say, I got to go to a fire, sit in the car, lock the doors. Uh, and I'd sit in the car and watch, you know, 
you know, it was fun at the time. You're a young kid, you're around this fire and, oh, it's so cool. My dad, you know, he's, he's talking to these people, he's talking to firemen. And I really just took a liking to it. And at the end of the day, I also realized you're helping people at the worst time of their life and you're guiding them through it. And at the end of the day, you become, you know, family and friends with them. And it's a wonderful feeling. So I started out uh, doing inventories growing up. So I'd go into homes and count everything that was damaged. Uh, and then I went to college uh, for risk management insurance at Florida State University. Uh, there's about, you know, 10 really good programs in the country for insurance. And Florida State is one of them. And I graduated from Florida State. And uh, I went to work on the insurance company side to understand how the insurance company thinks. And uh, I worked with my dad in Connecticut for about four four years and uh, got to the point where I was the young blood in the company and I had grand ideas of where I wanted to take it. And, you know, he just did his thing. And that's when I said, you know what? I got married. Uh, my wife is from Massachusetts. I said, you know what? Let's have the best of both worlds. I'm going to go to Massachusetts doing the same thing with our uh, family name. And you're going to do your thing in Connecticut, but at the same time, we're still together and it couldn't have worked out any better. That's an amazing story. So let me ask you this. If someone were listening to this and they're in college right now, is this a, is this a profession that you would recommend somebody pursuing? Absolutely. It's just not for everyone. Uh, a lot of everyone thinks that uh, you get a big fire, you make, you make money. There's a lot that goes into it because you're dealing with a lot of personalities. Um, you have to be very thick skinned. Um, you can't get too upset and take it personally, but it's, it's a great industry. Um, it's a lot of fun. Every day is something different. I mean, you and I are talking right now. I could hang up the phone or it could happen in the middle of this call. I got to go to a fire. And I'm meeting someone brand new I've never met before. And now I'm handling, you know, their biggest investment. And it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of long hours. It's middle of the night sometimes because fires and floods, they don't pick whether it's a holiday night, weekend. They don't understand that. Um, and it's just you could be sitting there and the next thing you know, boom, you're, you're out. Um, and it, it, it's great. There's a lot of technical knowledge because you're dealing with, you know, the, the construction base, um, with, you're dealing with the policy, and then you're dealing with the insurance company. Uh, and over time, you build relationship with the insurance company adjusters. And at the end of the day, a closed claim is the best kind of claim. So uh, that's the ultimate goal. So let me ask you this. If there was a real estate agent who's, you know, deep in their community and they know, they know all of these people and when the folks get into this distress scenario and it's time to refer somebody like yourself, how would you want that person to refer you? Uh, it's always people call right away or text me right away and say, hey, my friend just had a fire or my friend just had a water damage. Do you mind if I give them your phone number or would you mind calling them? And, and then absolutely. Um, there's many times where I call and just guide people. Listen, you're, almost, you're rounding third base. You've done a great job on your own. Here's what I recommend to bring it home. Or you know what? Let me come out and meet with you. Let me take a look at the damages. Let me go over the process. And I know I could help you. And if it's a fit, great. These are the next steps we need to take to move forward. 
But if someone were maybe uncomfortable and are not really understanding what a public adjuster is, and that real estate agent says to them, Mrs. Smith, I want you to call Jeff because fill in the blank. Because you, you have a, a large claim and you need help. You can't do this on your own. And that's a lot of the time it's people try and do it on their own and it's time consuming. Forget the financial aspect of it. It's a time consuming piece to prepare a, a, a claim and submit it to the insurance company. And that's not their area of expertise. And I can't do what you do and step in, 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 you know, in the next hour and you can't do what I do. So it's, you know, leave it to a professional that does this every single day. So if someone were to have utilized your services and were very happy, what's, what's a testimonial sound like? Uh, we get a lot of Google reviews and it's a lot of fun to, to watch them go up after the fact when we deliver that check and we deliver their check, they give us a check and we send them a link to do a, a review. And typically the reviews always state, we didn't know what to do. We never have been through this before and we couldn't have done it without stable adjusters. The, you know, the communication, the guidance through the process was critical. And for anyone out there trying to think they could handle a claim on their own, don't. Like call stable adjusters was the best thing that we did. And I emphasize to everyone, it's communication. Communication is critical. And clients are in a, a state of devastation. They need guidance. Give them all the communication that they need because they don't understand the process. And a lot of the times, the claim goes into like a lull and everyone wants to know what's going on. It's we're communicating back and forth with the insurance company. So people will say, Oh, what's going on? It's been a few days. So we, we emphasize communication over communicate. And that's where we get a lot of our referrals from, from the communication and the, the service um, is key where we look at ourselves as a, a boutique type of public adjusting firm. It's not about the, the quantity of all the claims that we do. It's about the quality. We do a less amount of claims, but we put more of the, the quality of the claim into it. And we'd rather have smaller claims, smaller book of business, but at the same time, really do an amazing job for those people to get the referrals. So how would somebody reach out to you if they needed your services? Multiple ways. Uh, we have live chat. If you go to the website, the live chat's going to come up. That comes up to my phone instantaneously. Um, so I try and respond as quick as I can. Um, if not, they call the uh, phone number at the office, which is 508-746-0918. Call that. There's a 24-hour answering service. That gets uh, emailed out to three people in the, in the company. So one of us is always responding right away, whether it's a weekend night, whatever the case may be. Um, you could do an online form on the website. Uh, you can go on Facebook. We, we get back to you very fast. Well, I would think that would be very important in those situations. Jeff, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise, and, and letting our, our listeners understand a little bit more about the the need for public adjusters and, uh, and, and to peel back the curtain. 
Now, speaking of curtains, um, as you've heard on some of our other podcasts, one of the questions we always ask every one of our guests, uh, and in hopes that we're going to get together at some point in the near future as a as a as an event, a networking event of all guests, is uh, a karaoke party. So when <laughs> it comes to Jeff Sable, you're up next on the stage. What is your go-to karaoke song? Wow, uh, I'm gonna go with Kenny Chesney, "Summertime." I love we're it. Com- we're coming into summertime. It's a feel-good song. The world is reopening, and that's what I would go to right now. I love it. Well, Jeff, thank you, thank you so very much. Um, what you've shared with us is so valuable, and I know that a lot of people really need to understand this with all of the catastrophes that can happen and just to understand and know that it's available whether it's for them or a friend or family member or a referral partner to be able to reach out and and uh and and have a solution so thank you jeff my pleasure thank you for having me hey thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone if you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com that's m-s-t-i-l-e-s at styles-law.com and if you are a real estate professional be sure to check us out on our private exclusive facebook page the real estate school at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.